Okay, we're on the Pavov on the bottom. Well, what we're going to learn now is uh, whole life, Mamish. This is uh, what it means to be a Jew. I mean, it's always, everything he writes is like that. Somebody, uh, Dov told me, and Shul Dov Kerkel told me, that he, he gave to the Skull Yerebbe, you heard him say? He gave, I didn't, yeah, you heard him say, so you know. He gave the Skull Yerebbe in, in Brooklyn, so he gave him uh, the Bilvari Mishkan Evne. We were together at Chastan, so he's close to the Skull Yerebbe, so, so he gave him a present of a Bilvari. So he hadn't heard of it. So now, all the Hasidim are learning it. Everybody's <laughs> like, you know, Yeah. is kind of the bottom of page Pavov. Kfisha is kind of El Havoid, the Elum Chichli, also some Kachadibur, the Gamkan, the Stamish Baisa Kach. Now, we learned, of course, a lot about this at the beginning, that we have to use the Kachadibur. The power of speech, the kachat diva, which makes a tremendous roshim on 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 the neshama. So here too, we have to we have to use that. So yoshev lo adam baosa shash hikdish laatzmo has been in this. A person, a person is sitting and he put aside a couple of minutes to think a little bit, like we've been talking about. V'sholos laatzmo sashaylam shuta hechanim tzar banishlam. Right, we were talking about that hechanim tzar banishlam. The problem, of course, that we were talking about last week, is that when it comes to when it comes to an object or a person, if the object or person is far away, and I ask the question, where is he? I might not see him, but I have a chetim, so I could see him if I go to meet him. I'll see him if he show me a picture, whatever it is. But when it comes to the Shalom, what's the chetim so that we should ever have that strong feeling that he's that he's here with us? Since we don't have the kalim, no matter what, we don't have the kalim that could ever, ever experience. That's what it seems like. We don't have the kalim that could ever experience a kaddish baruch hu. So, so what are we? What are we supposed to do? So he says, "Yaisev le'adam ba'isah shosh yehikdish latzim lezabaynus v'shal satzim ha'shel apshuta heicha nimsahar banishlam." So a person sits during those few quiet moments that he's able to. That he's able to put aside, and he asks the question: He's sitting in an empty room. He's saying it's quiet. Where is the Rabbanishlam? The time will come when we'll hear the answer saying right here. But in the meantime, when we ask the question, he has to answer himself. The obvious answer is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is right here with me. He asks the question and he answers the question. Where is the Rebbein Shalom? The answer is the Rebbein Shalom is here with me. Who show us Atzma. So he asks himself, Ha'im ani rayoso? I mean, he's here with me. Do I see him? No. The answer is, of course, no. Ani mamish is akach. Do I believe that he is here with me? The answer to that is, Kain. Him ani mamish is akach. Now, the problem is as follows. I believe that it's true that he's here with me in the room. Vanilo Margizos, but I don't feel that he's here. How can I bring this Amuna to life? How can I enliven this Amuna that I should feel that he's here with me in the room? Not just to know in my head, but to feel that he's here in the room. What can I do? Kach Adam Mamid Lahatz Mosa Sheila. 
This is how we ask the question. Now, why is it that why is it that we know in our brains that Hashem is right here, but we don't feel that He's here? So there's one answer, and the reason is means that a person is completely completely taken by himself. He's completely wrapped up in himself as the lotion that's used nowadays. But it doesn't mean that he is an egomaniac. But a person is is so completely bound to his tiny little world he says, If a person could only escape, leave a drop from that full awareness of self, of himself, from that complete and total preoccupation with with myself, from thinking about himself. I told you this, I was having a, I wasn't exactly having a conversation. There was somebody, a mishpach of mine, a relative that was for like 45 minutes talking about his this and his that and he's doing this and he plans that and, and and I was just listening I mean it wouldn't have helped even if I had something to say he was just going on like my understanding for 45 minutes so so then he realized he realized that he you know that he didn't even ask him like how are you doing he was just talking about himself so he said this funny line and he, real, and he realized that he's, he's not it he's a humble person so he said well I'm sure this is used in the, in the world but he said well Enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> I'm what, enough about myself. Now, what do you think about me? <laughs> and we live like this. In other words, either we're talking about ourselves, or we're talking about the people or things or whatever belongs to ourselves, or we're interested in what you have to say, but how is Nagaya to me? How does it apply to myself? So it's so hard to, it's so hard to climb out of that tiny world. And that tiny world could be cross-continental, it could be global, like the word that you throw around now, global. If anything, if anything that's, that, that's uh, you have to leave the room now, they're called global. Like, uh, global, everything's global, what's the global vision? So well, anytime they use that word global, it's a simon that you're about to hear something very, very tiny. <laughs> Whenever they say that word global, it means it's going to be something selfish and small when they throw the word global. So a person can't go out of himself, Bechlal. He's so meshubed to his tiny little world and his little concerns. But if he would be able to go out, he may take tzas, mehakaras atzma, mehakshavalatzma from this world of himself and thinking about himself. Mayas amkus binyanim, from being so deeply immersed in his own personal inyanim. And by the way, it can even be spiritual things. It can be spiritual things also. That, that that a person is uh, in his learning, in his growing, and where am I holding, and who am I, and what all of these silas, they're, they're more refined and they're more sophisticated than uh, worrying about my physical well-being, but even a preoccupation with one's own spiritual well-being is not always something which is the Ratzon Hashem, is the will of Hashem. Even that. To make constant chesbainus, 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 of where you're holding and who and what, that's also lavdafka, a way to be attached to Hashem. Even though it seems like it would be, but it's not, because the bottom line is, you're still wrapped up in yourself. But if a person would be able to get out of that, from that immersion in himself and his and, and his own things, mimela yochush like we spoke about this many times, the Baruch Shalom is there, but you can't see him, 
Like Rabbi Nachman once gave a marshal about a Jew that was standing in front of a huge mountain. And they told him that there's a mountain. He said, where's the mountain? So why couldn't he see the mountain? So Rabbi Nachman said a marshal because he had a coin on the bottom of his nose. He had a coin. Whatever it is. He has a, a silver dollar on the bottom, on his nose. So he's standing right in front of a mountain and he can't see it. So what does that mean? It means that a person sees what's closest to himself. The mountain is there. And the second that you take the coin off your nose, <laughs> then you'll be shocked and astonished that you're standing in the presence of this magnificent, huge mountain. But as long as the coin is sitting on your nose, in other words, as long as your own personal needs are closer to you and are sitting atop of your nose, so even though the mountain is sitting mamish there, is, 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 you're standing inside of that. You don't see it. You look and say, I don't see anything. I only see this coin. And we go like that from day to day. A person only sees his and yonim, his things. And if you would take the coin off the end, the nose, so then he would see that all of this time there's been something here with me that I never even I never even noticed. You know how many times you can live with somebody for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, and you never knew what's hurting that person? You never know what's hurting that person. You could you could you could say go to therapists, send the person to psychologists, and send the person to me, and you're living with the person your whole life, and you don't even know what's hurting the person. You don't even have a, the slightest tchusha, chush, a feeling for what's on that person's heart. This happens to say that husbands and wives always <laughs> that one says to the other. Usually the wife says to the husband, "You don't have a clue," or "You're clueless." You don't have a clue. How could that be? That he doesn't have a clue. How can you not have a clue? You're living with a person for 30, 40, 50 years. How could it be? He's so, so completely, totally clueless. The Terry says, not that you're not smart, but you're so completely, completely enthralled, enamored with yourself that you never, ever looked deeply into the other person. You never looked into that person. So you never really, really had a chush for, that, for what's, what's hurting that person. But if a person would be able to remove, if we'd be able to remove the coin from the nose, that self, and the bigness of the self, so in Mela we would feel the Barishlam. Because the Barishlam fills the world, as he says right now. Everybody knows what Chazal say about a Balgaiva, about a conceited person. Chazal say about a conceited person, Omar Kadosh Baruch the Barishlam says a very, very strong thing about the Balgaiva, about the conceited person. Hashem says, I can't live in the same world. I can't be in the same world with you. You're Balgaiva. I can't be in the world with you. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. I can't be in this world together with the Balgaiva. What does that mean that, that Hashem cannot live together in the world with the with the person who is conceited, with the person who is filled with himself? How come Hashem can't live with him in the world? What do you mean Hashem can't be in the world? Hashem fills the world. Every every cell and every 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 inch of, of the universe is filled with the Baal Shalom. So what does it mean he doesn't live with the Balgaiva? He can't be in the world with the Balgaiva. Hashem's in the world. There is no place that's empty of him. So could you imagine? So here you have a guy, he has some Balgaiva. Some Balgaiva. 
and and he, the Balgaiva could say, you don't have to worry about doing any Avery when you're next to me, because the Barisham is not here, it says in the Gemara. says that the Barisham doesn't live in the same world with the Balgaiva. Right now you're in my house, I'm a big Balgaiva. I hold myself to be a big Balgaiva. You're in my house, so you have diplomatic immunity. In this place, you can do any of you like and not be punished because the Barisham doesn't live with the Balgaiva. So welcome. So can you imagine if you're married to a Balgaiva, to a Balgaiva? Yeah, so he said, tell 120. The Barisham's not living over here. Because he said, because he said that he doesn't live together with the Balgaiva. So that's ridiculous. Hashem is everywhere in the universe, obviously. So what does it mean? Of course the Barisham is there. And, it, it, together with the Balgaiva, Kamoshin Nimsa Bechalmakim, just like he's everywhere. The Kavanas Chazal Leimus. So what is Chazal saying? She Ef Shalochus Shara Barishlam Nimsa Bechalmakim. That you can't feel God's presence when you're with the Balgaiva. The Balgaiva can't feel God's presence, which is of course the the, the most. Uh, the, the most horrible thing. The Balgaiva can't feel God's presence. God is everywhere. He's here. He's everywhere. But the Balgaiva can't feel his presence. God is not there. But because of conceit, because of the ego, because of my own personal needs. The person's gaiva doesn't allow Hashem into his into his little world because of his little world. And were Hashem to be allowed into my world, it would mean that I would have to step back from my world and to allow Hashem in. Or like the famous thing when the Kosko was a little boy and they asked him, where is God? And he says, wherever man lets him in. That's the truth. God is wherever you let him in. The problem with the Balgaiva is that he doesn't allow God in because you're encroaching on my territory. This is my place, and I want to have my life the way that I like my life to be led. And I know what's right. I know what's right. And it's an amazing thing. Whenever it comes to religion, everybody's like a, everybody's a big expert, right? Nobody would ever say that when it comes to anything else. If you ever talk, to, imagine your doctor tells you that this is what you have, and you would say, "What are you telling me, doctor? I know what I have." It'd be silly. The doctor said, "How do you know what you have? Did you even look at the, the results from the lab? Did you did you ever go take? Did you ever pass? You know." Uh, anything past high school of biology? What do you mean you know what you have? I know. But that's exactly how people talk when it comes to the Rebbein When it comes to religion, you never met a person that's not a Veltz Boki, a Veltz Maven, right? Everybody's a, the greatest expert in the world in religion. Everybody. Which is a remarkable thing. Someone that never studied, that does, never learned, that doesn't know anything, that never, never had a, the slightest relationship with Hashem, but he feels... I know. But it's not just that. When the Kotzka said the Barishalm is wherever you let him in, it means that man has a vested interest, the Balgaiva has a vested interest not to allow God in to his inner circle. Because if God is allowed into my world, then there are going to be things that I thought are right, that I discover, that I thought were right for 40, 50 years, that I discover are wrong. Right? If we were to, one second, if we were to say, if, if, if the Barishalm were to appear, in this room. Now that's not possible because we can't see him physically. But if Moshe Rabbeinu, which he's going to give that in a few minutes, if Moshe Rabbeinu were to be here in the room, and and uh, and we would know for sure that it's Moshe Rabbeinu, and you'd have like to have uh, ask the rabbi, you know, you have you have 15 minutes. Ask Moshe Rabbeinu whatever you want. We're gonna we're gonna ask him the most harmless questions, the the least provocative questions. You'll ask any other rabbi, you'll ask all kinds of things to, 
and if you're not Moshe Rabbeinu, you know why? Because you know that what he's saying is the exact 100% word of God. You don't want that. Any other rabbi, you could, t- you could ask him the most provocative questions. Because he answers you, say, so what? My rabbi said not like him. <laughs> so what? Anyway, he's not so smart. He's not such a big talent. But if Moshe Rabbeinu would be in the room, and he'd say, Rabbi, imagine somebody, Rabbi, do you approve of television? Do you approve of television? No one would ask that question. They'd ask stuff like, you know, uh, what's it going to be like when Mashiach comes? Those kind of questions. No, this stuff, it's going to be very good. It'd be Gavaldic. Oh, good. Everybody's happy, right? Uh, you know, how do you spell braces? With an aleph, without an aleph. Those kind of questions anybody will ask, all difficult to explain the Gemara. There's guys that know more. They'll say, oh, I always want to notice the Pshat in, the, in this sugya. And talk for Kayin above Metziah. I never got it. Can you help me? Sure. That anybody will ask, right? Because it's not. But that's not going to have you anything. The Sugim above Metziah. But but uh, but you guess Moshe Rabbeinu Rabbi. Do you think that that my entire life is is being led in the right way? My life is being the way that Hashem wants me to live. You never ask a question. Are you crazy? Because you know the answer. And it's the answer of the Bereshit will be in the room with you. So think about it. If the Bereshit will be in the room with us, yeah, what would we ask him? If the Bereshit will be in the room. So the Balgaiva, you understand, the, the conceited person that wants to live his life, and he has his idea of what he's able to delude himself, and sometimes sometimes others, usually not, into thinking is the truth. The second that he allows God into the room, into his life, so then, then it could be that there's a higher authority to determine what's right and what's wrong. The Bulgaria doesn't want that because the Bulgaria wants to go his way. He wants to have his own way. And and therefore, when the, when they asked the Kotzko, where does where is Hashem? And he said, wherever man lets him in. Think about that. That's where he is because he's everywhere. That's what the Tzaddik is saying. He's everywhere. So how come I don't feel him? Because I don't let him in. Why don't you let him in? You, you, you're supposed to be an Orthodox Jew. You think that you think that yeah, that the one that you invite most into your life is the Bereshit. Wait a second. I don't mind, again. I don't mind having other rabbis because I could always say I know more than that rabbi because I'm a bigger expert in religion than the other rabbi. But I can't say that I'm greater than Hashem. But if I allow Hashem into my life, then I'm going to have to answer to Hashem, and I'm going to have to adjust my life and to admit that I don't know anything. I'm nothing. And nothing. One of the tzaddikim said, the tzaddik from Harnstapel said, Shivisi Hashem the summit. Right? It means that I place Hashem always before me. So it says, Shivisi, I should always think of Yudke Vavke, right? Hashem is then Yudke Vavke. That what? That Hashem, what does it mean Yudke Vavke? Haya, he was. Haiva, he is. And ye, and he'll always be. And I should think, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi, that I'm the opposite, that I never was, I'm not, and I never will be. Now you don't like that, because the most wonderful, the most wonderful word that I remember I once read in the book that a person uses it like like a thousand times more than any other word in the vocabulary is the word I. I. Which said that Tzadikim never used the word I. The Rebbe Zushi never used the word I. He only said Zushi. He made himself like everybody else in the world. He never said his, he never said I because I already means that's why they capitalize it in English. I means the whole universe. The Rebbe Zushi never called himself I. He said Zushi. There's, there's Yankel, there's Moshe, there's Zushi. And he said Zushi. He wanted to speak about himself, he said Zushi. Not I. 
That's what it means. The, when the Gemara says that Hashem says to the Balgai, the two of us can't be together. It doesn't mean that Hashem's not there. It means that the Balgaiva doesn't let him in to his life. And therefore he can't feel Hashem. Hashem is here. But there are these barriers that you and I have set up over all the years because we because of our tithes, because we want to enjoy in the way that we want to enjoy. So we've set up certain barriers that create this obstruction. So Mimela, Hashem is sitting there every second. But the coins on the nose means you can't feel it because of the eye that is occupying that space and because the eye that's occupying that space you can't feel Hashem's presence that's what it means the gaiva the conceit the ego is preventing the person from experiencing and feeling Hashem's presence what is it? You know, what, I was, uh, what I'm uh, wondering is uh, you know, everything that you're saying uh, must have a relationship to the Bhagavad is doing a Beira and to his suffering, and does he have a place in Olam Haba, and can he do tshuva? What do you mean, has a place? So are you asking? In other words, uh, you know, you say he doesn't let him in, but uh, I mean, there are consequences to the Baal God, but for not letting him Sure, there are consequences. And can he do tshuva? I mean, uh, of course he can do tshuva. In other words, something very serious has to happen to him, such that he changes and he no longer be, is a Baal God. That's that's exactly it. The beginning of tshuva is acknowledging that it's him and not me. That's the beginning of tshuva. As long as you're carrying your your luggage around with your name on it, and you know, uh, and, and and it's you, so then then you can never do complete tshuva. You might try to patch up a few things here and there because you think you know, look, I don't want to go to Ghanem, so I, you know, there's some things I better work on this and work on that. But to really, really, to experience the Rebbeinu to do tshuva. Shlema that a person should come back to Hashem. For that, there's no, there's nothing except relinquishing myself, letting go of myself. And most people are very afraid of that. Most people are afraid of it. You can be sitting there on, on Yom Kippur, thinking about yourself. I'm hungry. When am I going to be finished? I can't believe the guy is dragging around, davening for such a long thing on that piece. It should, I, it should take ten minutes. He made it into a half hour. The, whatever you know, his hand in the hand. He's what's he dragging around? It's all me. It's all me. And how can you do tshuva like that? What's the meaning of tshuva? It means tshuva means returning to Hashem. Hashem never went anywhere. The whole word tshuva is absurd. Tshuva means I return to Hashem. You can't return to Hashem. What does it mean to return to Hashem? You can only return someplace when you've been away from somewhere. You can return home because you're away from home. You can return to school if you're away from school. You return to the office. But you can't return to the one who never left you. So what does it mean to return to Hashem? It only means one thing. It means... Hashem has always been here. But I've, I have been feeling away from Him because I've been feeling much too close to myself. The moment that I let go of myself, I discover Him. I, returning to God means only, means only after, is only possible. Not that Hashem ever went anywhere. Returning to God means turning away from myself. And the moment that I turn away from myself, I experience God. He's there. But I can't experience him as long as I'm so wrapped up in myself. So tshuva, the yisait of tshuva, the, the, the basic basic underlying yisait of all tshuva is to let go of, 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 of oneself and to be able to and to be able to say, Rachel, what do you want of me? Not do I want for myself. And then you don't then you come then you don't come up with some crazy cockamamie version of being from. Like you have nowadays, you know, everybody has their own version of being from. 
of what does it mean to be from. You know, then you'll come up with a, you know, then you'll come up with you know, fifty different ways how to make chasnas and listen to music. You know, during sefirah. Well, that's because I want to listen to music, so I'm going to figure out a way how to make sure that I can listen to music. So how am I going to do that? I don't know. I find some rabbi that said this and said that and that. But I, the bottom line is, I want to listen to music. If a person would say, I want to serve you, master of the world, what's the Ratzon Hashem? What do you want of me during this time? Do you really want me to have like a cappello music on my mind? Or do you want me to serve you in pastures and be simple and not to listen to music? So if you're complicated and if it's for you, so then you'll find a way to get the music on. And if it's not, and, and if you're never Hashem, and it's not, and, the, and it's not me, but it's what does the Baruch Shalom want? So then, in Mela, you'll see that that, that the Baruch Shalom is rotten, that we don't listen to music during this time. I is it mutter? So let it be mutter for somebody who has all kinds of God forbid emotional issues, and if he doesn't listen to music, so they'll have a nervous breakdown. There are people like that. But like, you're just a regular guy. Like, what do you have to listen to music for? It's not really music, is it? It's not, it's not really music. It's not really music. So you say, oh, he didn't this, not he didn't that. Well, you can talk as from as you like. It's all about you. That's why it's all about you. And if the weddings, and if the weddings wouldn't be about us, then they would be simple push of the weddings in the backyard with a with a talus over they hadn't finished. It's all about us, not about the wedding shalom. It's all about stomachs and egos and. And, and, and impressions, that's all it is. That's all. So then they'll say, I want to make the kids happy. What kind of kid did you produce that's made happy by you spending so much money? What kind of dumb kid is that? That's how you make your kid happy? Or you make your kid happy by buying her a $2,000 dress? That's how you make your kid happy? What kind of dumb kid did you produce? Well, the terrorist is, you're just as dumb as your kid. You taught your kid, your kid grew up in a house believing that, that being happy depends upon having an expensive wedding gown instead of wearing a shmata. Who cares? No, I only want my children to be happy. And that's how happiness developed in your home. Happiness is defined by what people own and not who people are. So, this is what we're living in. It's all, it's all the, it's all gaiv, it's all the eye, it's all to satisfy the eye. You just make it, when you want to make it look firm, so you make it like... You know, you, you you could always put a twist on things to to and throw in a couple of Hebrew words, and it looks like it's religious. But that's not that's not the story. The story is if it's it's either me or it's Hashem. And if you let go of the self, then in Mimela you'll feel Hashem. Therefore, you see, you could be at the fanciest wedding in the world, the fanciest fanciest wedding, and you don't have any chush that the Baruch is at the chasna. It's like he was left off the invitation list, which is shocking because everybody else that's Jewish was invited. The only one that's not invited is the Baruch right? You could, you could be at a wedding, it's the fanciest wedding, there was a wedding recently with all kinds of lights and this and that and all kinds of crazy guys and things are very, but everything was with the biggest, widest, longest white beards in, in New York were at the wedding because the things they give money to all the yeshivas, the people it wasn't the slightest feeling of the branch of the wedding and then you know you could be at some kind of a, of a poor people that they have that push and push the chasna they couldn't get a hole and some people did a taiva in the back of some yeshiva they put up a chup of the chasna kala and you feel that the branch is mamish oozing out of every single inch of the place and you ask yourself so what am I crazy? I just spent I spent whatever it is a hundred thousand dollars for what? so not for the branch you spent a hundred thousand dollars for yourself so you might be happy because if you felt that it went well and you felt that your guests were happy because they were able to go through the same thing that they went through the night before and came home crexing and complaining that the food was like this or the food was like that or there was too much food or too little food if that's what makes you happy so then 
you, you know, you need, you really should be locked up somewhere. <laughs> but that's what that's what it is. That's what we're living in. It's all guys. It's all for me. It's all for me. And people are breaking their lives, destroying their lives, and they show them bias because then they don't have any money and they have to give them to hack and to pay and all these things for what? For who? So saying for the kids. For the kids. So for who? If you would say that I'm doing this only that I should have a hechatimsa because this caterer is, has, hasn't had any jobs lately and I want to find a way to get the caterer in a, some money in a very sneezedic way, maybe you could say such a thing. A photographer, a musician, you want to do him a but is that true? That's not true. That's you just for you, for you, or for what society thinks of what you should be doing, and and why do you care what they think of you? It's also just guy. This guy who's stuck in this crazy thing. It's all guy. So maybe the Baruch not the chasm. It's crazy. The Baruch not the chasm. He went to so much trouble. You went to so much trouble. The reason that you didn't, the reason that the Baruch is not there is because you can't photograph him. So he, so he, so never he didn't invite him to the chasna because he won't show up on your pictures. But it would be so nice if the Bereshit met the chasna. So how do you do that? How do you do that? By letting go of the self. If you let go of the self, then right away the 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 guest list is cut into to by by into a third. The guest list and the, with the food and all the other things become very 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 posh. It's in a second, and then you feel the Bereshit there, mamish. You feel. Same thing, you could be in the fanciest shul in the world, like the Maison of the Baal When he went to that, there was a shul that he came to visit in a certain town. They said it was in Germany, but he wasn't in Germany. It was, in, it was in, uh, someplace in Poland, but it was more, it was a big city, and they took him to the shul there. But already in that shul, there was some Haskalah things were creeping into that shul. It wasn't 100% the holy place over there. And they wanted to show the Baal the big shul in the town. And when they opened the doors to the shul, they had the whole committee there. There's more modern type of uh, rabbis, and the... Uh, and they were, they wanted the Bashanta to come into the shul. The Bashanta said, There's no room, it's so crowded in the shul. And the place was empty, it was like nothing. It was like a Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There was a huge shul, and there wasn't one person. The Bashanta couldn't walk in. They said, Rabbi, go. He says, I can't, there's no place to go in here. So I said, What do you mean? He said, He said, The whole building is crowded with trees that never went up to Hashem. I, can, I can't, there's no place to move in here. Because the building was made for Zich, for you. It wasn't made for the Hashem's world. It was made for you. Wasn't made for Hashem's well. You can go into a little stable someplace, a broken down stable that smells from from a piece of kugel that's under the bench for the last seventy years. It's kosher a piece of under the bench for the last seventy years. There's a piece of kugel. You walk in there, and the walls are not painted, and the benches are broken, and they got some baltrilu there that looks like he's not in this world, and and you feel that the bench is in that place. And you can go to you can go to another place, the fanciest, latest, state of the art, shiny, shiny, super duper polished marble. You know, tabernacle, whatever it is, the, the biggest shul in the in the world, and you feel there's no Rebbeinu here, because the whole place could be just Gaiva. The ones who built it, how it's built, why it was built, was not to serve Hashem. It's all Gaiva. You can go to the little stable, and it was only built by simple Jews to serve to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and you feel there's a, the Rebbeinu is so. But the answer is the Rebbeinu is everywhere. It's just whether you let him in. And the second you let go of yourself and all of your things, and you, in Mela, you'll have a tremendous, tremendous tchusha and, you, and you'll feel his presence. But to let go of this self, it's very, very hard. And even when you try to do it yourself, if you're among people that are not, or if you're in a place that's covered with all kinds of coverings of guys, it's very hard. See, even though you're trying, but if you're amongst people, if you're in a place, Sometimes you could be in a shul where, you, where you, you, even though you want to grow, you, feel you, you can't take off over there because it's very strong and the ego is very strong in the place. 
and it's very hard to grow in such a place when you're surrounded by such heaviness that the Vaishnav doesn't the Vaishnav doesn't doesn't make himself known in such a place because of the because he's covered with all the guys all the people that are there and everything it's it's very hard but the second you're sitting someplace by yourself which he explains now he says look look he says in Cain the reason that each and every one of us doesn't feel Hashem is because of this gaiva, because of the self. Each person according to you know his madriga. Therefore, we have to begin to think about how to work on this. In order to reach true humility, that's the catch. You have to feel the Rebbeinu See, you're in this funny thing. In other words, in order to work on my gaiva, in order to try to become humble, I have to be aware of God's presence. That will, that will, that will humble me. But I can't be aware of God's presence because what? I'm too filled with myself. It's like I'm locked. It's a deadlock. It's like a... I'm locked in this, what's it called? Catch-22. Yes, yeah, like a catch-22, but I can't get out of it. In order for me to feel the burn, I, I want to be an honest. Oh, you want to be an honest? Then you, ha- then you have to be an honest. <laughs> and if you want to be you want to be humble, the only way that you can be humble is by being humble. That's really what it means. Because you can't, you can't, you need, in order to, in order to be humble, you have to feel that the Barishalom, this big thing, the Barishalom is with you. To, in order to be humble. But in order for me to feel the Barishalom, I have to be. I have to be able to step out of myself. So I. I how do I do that? So how do I get to that feeling? But the Vaishnav is here. Obviously, that's what we have to start with. In order for me to humble myself, I have to feel that the Vaishnav is here. Once the Vaishnav is here, then I can begin to see myself vis-a-vis and to humble myself. But then, how do I do that? How do I feel that he's here without? Removing myself from myself. Now we know that what's holding us back, what's holding us back from feeling the Bereshit's presence, we said, is the yesh shalanefes, that feeling of somethingness of myself, my ego. Our preoccupation with ourselves. Now. We have to use davening. We have to use, we have to use tefillah words. How? Listen. You turn to Hashem. You don't have to go anywhere. He's in the room. You turn to the Rebbeinu Shalom and you speak not about him but to him. Rebbeinu Shalom, ani nimsakan. You say this. Rebbeinu Shalom, I'm here. Him gam nimsakan. Are you also here? Vada shekain. Oh, of course you're here. Ani roya is char Shalom. Do I see you, Rebbeinu Shalom? Low. I don't see you. One thing is clear. I'm here and you're here. I don't feel that you're here. I know that you're here. I believe that you're here. But I don't feel that you're here. Take this thought. You go over this over and over, but very serious, not a joke. Sinus means amuka with to very in a very very serious way. I don't see you. But I believe that you're here, mamish, with me in the room. 
אני לא רואה, אבל אני מאמין שאתה נמצא לידי. בשורש ההודם אוימס המשפט הזה, כשאתה אומר את הסנטנס, בגלל סיריוסנס, צורך שהדברים יצאו מעמקי הנפש, But my Amunah is telling me this. I, I once said Yom Kippur in the shul that after the war, when the Satmarov came, when he came to America, so I think it was the first or second Yom Kippur or Shana Rabbah that he was in America. And in the whole shul, and the, the Satmarov and Yom Kippur was like uh, uh, those two days Shana and Yom Kippur was a simple story those days was like not from this world and the and the and the Satmarov was speaking to a Bismarck that was that was filled with who with Shavis HaPlate there were survivors like himself survivors all survivors it was before the next generation all people just climbed out of the concentration camp and the Satmarov said like this he said Rabbi Shalom he says we all believe that you are here despite everything that we saw and despite everything that we left behind we believe that you're here but he said but show yourself to us we don't know how it's, we're so broken from what we were he started to cry show yourself to us make yourself known to us he didn't mean with the eyes make yourself known that we should feel you again make yourself known to us that's what he said that we should feel that you're here because there's so much that it was battering away at us that it's hard for us to feel anything anymore you know, you, you stop feeling. Help us feel that you're here. That's what he says. Today, just for one minute, I have to go like an option, two minutes. Today, the carabas of the Varma Sechlenu, the Daimila Tzmenu, Shekais Hayanimsakan, Bevayazem Maishu and Elisham. This is what I was telling you before. Let's try to imagine, because that's a big thing, the Varsham. Let's talk about Maishu being in the room. We had the schus to talk to Maishu Rabbeinu, not with the whole island, not with the. Not, uh, but by ourselves, one-on-one, Maishu Rabbeinu. The peta, Vayim Anu Aysa Merimia. We see all of a sudden Maishu lifting up a hand. And we see as if he's lifting up his hand, and we see him going like this. Like he's holding something or shaking his hand, Maishu Rabbeinu. We look over here. We don't see anybody else. Just me and Maishu Rabbeinu. Maishu Rabbeinu looks like he's shaking someone's hand. And there's no one else here. Sholem is my Shalom. We ask, Lamina Satya, we ask, Rabbi, who are you giving Sholem to? Who you and he says, what? Who are you giving Sholem to? My Shalom says, oh, it's your lucky day, buddy. Not only am I here, Elionavi is here in the room. Imadvarm, how you had some before me, my Shalom. If you or I would hear those words, now we know that's my Shalom. That's been already, that's 100%. This is my Shalom. And my Shalom is in the room, and he's going like this, and he say, what's going on? He say, this Elionavi. Every single one of us says, "Call Adam Balamunu Pshutohim Mamel Meishav Nishachain Eliyahu Navinim Sakan." There's not one of us that would doubt that Meishav just sees things what we can't see, and we'd say, "Okay, wow," but we know that he's shaking Eliyahu's hand. Meishav Nishachain said, "I'm shaking Eliyahu's hand." He doesn't joke around, Meishav. 
I'm not used to that because we think like you know we would say come on we wouldn't do that with Moshe Rabbeinu we just do that with each other with Moshe Rabbeinu we wouldn't say such a thing like come and cut it out or who are you kidding we wouldn't talk like that we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is really experiencing Eliyahu he's shaking Eliyahu's hand in the way that he could see if any other person would say that Nitin Levapos Dvar Velachshu Shuhu Bal Demir, he says he's crazy. He's crazy. Of Moshe Rabbeinu, page Peitas. Moshe Rabbeinu who are Bal Madreig, Givay Yosem Elyonavi. Moshe Rabbeinu was greater than Elyonavi. The Chiyesh Selso Safik Shal Yuchalirus Elyonavi. Certainly he could see Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is capable of seeing Elyonavi. He's capable of seeing Elyonavi. So he and he's not and he's not joking around. He's telling you Elyonavi. He certainly sees Elyonavi. Every Jew would believe that every Mama would believe that Elyonavi is in the room. I can't see him, but he's in the room. And you would begin to shake and tremble. No one not only is Elyonavi, but Elyonavi. So you begin to you begin to shake. Even though you can't see him. Because said so. It certainly is a Matthias. Not only did Moshe Rabbeinu tell you he's here, we see Moshe Rabbeinu shaking an invisible hand. We don't buy it. We don't feel it. If Moshe Rabbeinu would tell you, you would feel it. If the Barishon tells you, you don't feel it. So what if Moshe Rabbeinu in the room he'd tell you, and he would tell you the Barishon is here? Then you'd get scared, right? But the Barishon told us that the Barishon is here. Claim me, Adam Tzorach la'kachz atzum m'shalom me'koychem la'gil ha'kosho b'rishon v'aday nimzaka. We have to use, he's saying, different ways, Mishalim, different ways. We'll, we'll do more Mishalim next time. Of what? Of, of being Chazik Yitzhakor, that Avada, 100% he's here. Because the presence of Moshe Rabbeinu blows away my own ego, right? Because then we get, then we get, we get scared. So, you know, you get scared. Moshe Rabbeinu is here. Moshe Rabbeinu is here. Like, like uh, I was someplace a few weeks ago, and there was a certain Rosh Hashiva that was talking in a terrible, terrible, nasty way to, to people. The 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 Chosnakala that was there, he's like, I, I might have mentioned, like, put him down, because why? Because the, the by the Lachaim the Vart wasn't by the Lachaim the Mechitzer was moved, and so this Rosh Hashiva is not even so big Rosh Hashiva. Rosh Hashiva he holds himself very very stein. So he was, so he started right. The Chosnakala is the happiest day of the life, and he said, he said, what kind of place is this, and what kind of what kind of Lachaim you making here? And right away, like, not, didn't even say Mazel Tov. So I was thinking, oh. Isn't there some way that we could bring his Rebbe back from the dead? Because that Rosh Hashiva's Rebbe was a big tzaddik. And I would love to see, I know it's terrible, that's also just ego, right? It's all ego, I admit. I would love to see his Rebbe all of a sudden come over there and take him by his beard and say, How dare you talk to Chasna Kazan? Who do you think you're nobody? That's what you learned from me. I taught you to talk that way to people. But he doesn't have to worry about that because there's no one else in the room that would ever dare say anything except, Yes, Rebbe, we're sorry, Rebbe. We'll, get a, we'll be more careful next time, Rebbe. And then Mazel Tov. But this is what we have. The Barnish would be in the room. If, if the Chabz Chai would be in the room. We would all, and he would say the Barnish Lom is here. We'd say, oh, we feel okay. For the meantime, but we'd feel like i got to get out of here. I'm here in the room with the Chabz Chai and the Barnish But think of it. We're never in a room without the Barnish But if the Chabz Chai would tell you he's here, they'd say, uh-oh. Right? So we somehow have to bring ourselves to feel that every moment of our lives. That's where we're, that's where we're heading to. Yeah, you know.